My name is Jim Fleming, and this is Our Sunday School. Our Sunday School is part of Stewart Heights Baptist Church in Chattanooga, Tennessee. To prepare for this lesson, please go to OurSundaySchool.com for a copy of today's handout. Now, let's get to this week's lesson. Well, good morning, everybody. And welcome to Our Sunday School. Glad you guys are with us today. Hey, what book are we in right now? Philippians, Philippians. but not for much longer. Not for much longer. Four more months, yes. Yeah, we got three verses, so that's what, uh, three and a half months, four months, something like that. Now, Lord willing, we'll finish up today. Uh, Next week will be a review, and then away we go with our next book. And I have them here in the room, and I am excited. It... uh, there were a lot of hurdles for this book, so <laughs> I'm excited. All right, so let's uh, read through Philippians chapter 4, uh, perhaps for the last time in a minute. And uh, then we'll jump into verses 21, 22, and 23. Philippians chapter 4. <clears throat> I urge Yodia and I urge Syntyche to agree in the Lord. Yes, I also ask you, true partner, to help these women who have contended for the gospel at my side, along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your graciousness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Don't worry about anything, but in everything through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any moral excellence and if there is anything praiseworthy, dwell on these things. Do what you have learned and received and heard from me and seen in me, and the God of peace will be with you. I rejoiced in the Lord greatly because once again you renewed your care for me. You were, in fact, concerned about me, but lacked the opportunity to show it. I don't say this out of need, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I find myself. I know how to make do with little, and I know how to make do with a lot. In any and all circumstances, I have learned the secret of being content, whether well-fed or hungry, whether in abundance or in need. I am able to do all things through him who strengthens me. Still, you did well by partnering with me in my hardship. And you Philippians know that in the early days of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving except you alone. For even in Thessalonica, you sent gifts for my needs several times. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the profit that is increasing to your account. But I have received everything in full, and I have an abundance. I am fully supplied, having received from Epaphroditus what you provided, a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. And my God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Now to our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Greet every saint in Christ Jesus. The brothers who are with me send you greetings. All the saints send you greetings, especially those who belong to Caesar's household. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Philippians chapter 4. All right, so if you've got your green book, we're in on page 135 today, starting off on page 135. 
So we'll just see kind of the structure there of the last section here of the Greek text. So verses 21 and 22 are a paragraph, verse 23 is a paragraph, but this all gets generally lumped together in our English translations uh, into one paragraph. So greet every saint in Christ Jesus. The brothers who are with me send you greetings. All the saints send you greetings, especially those who belong to Caesar's household. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. So almost this this second ending, if you will, because Paul, it, it felt like he landed the plane in verse 20, but not quite. There was a little bit more to do. Um, and I actually just want to pull us back to Philippians chapter 1 for a second. So if you just flip over a couple of pages, if you've got your Bible. So he says, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who were in Philippi, including the overseers and deacons, grace to you and peace from God our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, do you, do you remember what the standard formal greeting looked like in a New Testament letter at this time? We talked about this about a year ago, so maybe just a little bit of a refresher. But what, what did you start with? You started with, like, the first word was typically, like, who's writing the letter, right? So it would be Paul, and then to the Philippians, and then there would be some greeting, which was usually just like a blessing or grace or something like that. One word, maybe two at most, not a lot. But what does Paul do in his greeting? He just stuffs it full of our Lord Jesus Christ. So to all the saints in Christ Jesus, he reminds them where they are, who are in Philippi, both spiritually and geographically, including the overseers and the deacons. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So there is a a tremendous amount of theology that he is teaching. And I, like, I would argue that's what he does at the end of the book, too. It's a very similar structural approach of how do we get as much Jesus into these words as possible. So, greet every saint in Christ Jesus, the brothers who are with me. So the brothers, again, this unity around the gospel, with me, send you greetings. All the saints send you greetings. There's more than just you in Philippi, especially those who belong to Caesar's household. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, again, ending with grace, he began with grace, be with your spirit. So let's start on uh, page 136 in your green book, and we'll kind of zero in a little bit more on these words. But this word for greet is a plural imperative. So this is the, the group should be doing this collectively. Um, You know, sometimes... I will say more than sometimes, oftentimes when I read the scripture, especially when I read it alone, uh, I have a a tendency to read it through a very isolated, highly personalized lens so that when I see greet every saint in Christ Jesus, like, oh, okay, that's to me. Like, Jim is supposed to greet every saint. And that's not what the text says. The text says the group has a command to greet every saint. So we as a group have an objective. Now, what are groups made up of? Groups are made up of individuals, right? So we, we have to have an individual responsibility and a group accountability, but there is, there is a group accountability here, a command to accomplish this. And it's not just the saints we like, when we like them, and when we have this or when we have that. It's every saint. Greet every saint in Christ Jesus. So Again, we see Paul here, my application for the bottom of page 136, uh, is Paul fills the format with our Lord Jesus Christ, which is exactly the application we had in chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. 
Paul fills the format with our Lord Jesus Christ. So I think for us, it's a good, it's a good heed, it's a good command, it's a good direction, it's a good life approach to fill our speech with our Lord Jesus Christ. That's my personalization. Fill our speech with our Lord Jesus Christ. Does anybody, hashtag Mitch Johnson, remember the image that I showed at the beginning of Philippians to illustrate this theological point of stuffing your language filled with a particular thing? It was the turducken, yes. The turducken returns. There you go. So like, we're, I, yeah, I don't want to eat this in any way, shape, or it looks, looks disgusting to me. Um, and, and, you know, I'm like a, like, yeah, we're just not going to go into that. But like, how much Jesus can we get into our communication, right? I mean, just, it, oh, is that an opportunity? I think there's daylight. There's a little daylight there for a Jesus conversation. Let's have a Jesus conversation. Cool. Great, right? I mean, how much of this can we do? Uh, I just want to encourage us and encourage us and encourage us. Uh, you know, Philippians is about as positive a letter as you're ever going to read, not just in the Bible, but anywhere. Like, there's just not a lot of letters that are going to be more positive and, and really just uh, consistently uplifting and encouraging as Philippians. We're going to get into Colossians, Lord willing, in a few weeks. And there are some spots in Colossians where Paul kind of flexes a little for the Colossian church and has to, like, hey, let's, let's talk about this. And he really only does that once in Philippians with uh, Yodi and Syntyche. But, but this is about as positive it gets. And it's positive because Paul has put as much Jesus as we possibly can into these words. And he is focusing on the person and the work and the identity and the unity that we find in, in Christ. So page uh, 137 then, the brothers who are with me. You're like, wait, wait, wait. Who's with him? Like we, we, know, we know somebody specifically that got called out. I just read it a second ago. We know Timothy's with him, right? Or at least near. Who else is with him? Who? Who was at least intermittently with him? Epaphroditus was there, right? Yeah, cool. Who else? Luke, Luke hung out for a while. Barnabas hung out for a while. There were several folks that hung out for a while. Mark even hung out for a while. But right then, who's with him? Whoever's chained to him, right? Who's been listening to Jesus nonstop during their work shift? Right? Like... Like, Paul was that guy. <laughs> right? I don't know. They're not listed. I, th I think this might be one of those and other examples of the others who are just these unnamed believers who are just there and supporting and doing what God's called them to do and doing beautiful things. And I don't know that we, that we know exactly who these guys are. So my application here is there are always other brothers. And I forget this a lot. <laughs> I don't know if y'all forget this a lot, but sometimes I view the kingdom of God as what I can see, right? What I regularly interact with. And 
right? <laughs> but then we don't look at the dark side of ourselves to say, golly, every day he's, I, I have no choice but to be greeted and, and this type of thing to where it's just like, oh, we're in jail and prison. And it's, it, anyway, you know what I'm saying. It's I do. Where, uh, it's, it's, it's not about them, it's about us, but it's just funny how, how that goes. Yeah, I, I think Paul could have been a lot, you know, like it. I don't see a lot of his personality as being a like, oh, I'll hang out in the corner and not really engage, and I, I don't, I don't, I don't get that vibe, right? He's <laughs> not quite at all. Uh, he's like this super intelligent Peter, you know. And you're like, what in the world's going on here? So, all right. So the brothers who are with me. So there are always other brothers. What do you think we ought to do with that? Rejoice! Rejoice! And receive their greetings. I think sometimes we get so focused on the greet everybody, we forget the there's a receiving the greeting part of this too. Jim. Yes, ma'am. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes the receiving is very hard. When your heart is heavy, when you're hurting, I'm sorry. I do. Mine says rejoice and receive their greetings. That's what I have in my uh, personalization. Well, yeah, somebody's... So the Philippians are on the receiving end. Paul and the brothers with him are on the, on the giving end. Um, but if you don't have both sides of the equation, it, it doesn't balance very well, right? There I go putting math into theology again. Did you see it just like that? Just <laughs> Julie's like, stop it. Stop it. <laughs> yeah, when she calls me Fleming, that's not when I know I'm in trouble. So. <clears throat> and moving on. All right, so uh, the brothers who are with me send you, that's a plural you, greetings. That's a plural greetings. That's just beautiful. Yeah. This, this idea of Christian community and Christians welcoming other Christians and Christians engaging with other Christians is not something new. It is something very, very old. So top of page 138, verse 22. All the saints send you greetings. Where's Paul? In jail in what city? In Rome. Right, the the epicenter of uh, non-Christian power, which is kind of funny now. <laughs> right? <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, God's going to go. Just wait a second. <laughs> that might be known for something else soon. <laughs> all the saints send you greetings. These are all plural. The you is plural. The greetings are plural. So my application here is all saints should greet all saints. All saints should greet all saints. Personalization. Receive their greetings. 
receive their greetings. You ever been somewhere and the flavor of Christianity was just a little bit different than what your normal uh, experience was? And somebody did or said something to you and you're like, I think that's okay, but it tasted weird. <laughs> like, I got on up. It's all right. It's all right. right? This is okay. Receive the greetings. And then what I would argue is one of the most beautiful phrases in the whole little letter. Especially, or most particularly, top of page 139, those who belong to who? Caesar's household. How did a good Roman worship? What would they say? Caesar is Lord. That's how a good Roman worshipped. You took your offering, you, put your, you burned your offering, you burned your incense, and you said, Caesar is Lord. When you paid your taxes, you said, Caesar is Lord. When you went to worship at the temple, you said, Caesar is Lord. And what does Paul call these brothers here? All the saints. Here's a couple of applications for us. Saints can be found in unexpected places. Saints can be found in unexpected places. This is the emperor's house. You know, we, we talk about Chattanooga being the buckle of the Bible belt. Well, this was the buckle of the Roman Empire. <laughs> the center and the seat of all the power, right there. And in his house are people who are saying, Jesus is Lord. I love it. I love it, I love it, I love it. And then application number two, the gospel overcomes political boundaries. And if we could ever beat this through our heads, we might actually be a little more palatable and be a little more savory to a lost and dying world. The gospel overcomes political boundaries. Because this is politics, this is religion, this is it all wrapped up into one ugly house, right? I don't know if you've ever lived in a house with somebody who had a different political or religious perspective than you do, but it ain't cool. <laughs> if you want to talk about like, what do people, what have people always argued about? Politics and religion. And they, they both converge with who your king is and who your God is. You're going to pick Caesar, you're going to pick Jesus. And these saints, these brothers and sisters, in Caesar's household, had picked Jesus and loved the Philippians. You know how easy it would have been to have been totally consumed with, boy, are we amazing or we're awesome. Like, we're the holdouts. We're the rebels. We're the, we're the boy, we're, like we're in Caesar's house and we love Jesus. How cool are we? And what are they doing to the Philippians? They're sending the greetings back to the Philippians because Paul's told them about what the Philippians did for Paul. 
and they love these brothers and sisters in Philippi. And this is just gorgeous. I mean, this is what, a beautiful, beautiful, beautifully stunning example of how we can love somebody that I, I don't think they've seen. Like it would have been very, very unlikely for the, these people, and I, I so badly want to call them slaves because that's likely the role that they played. We don't know this for a fact, but it's likely the role that they played. It's very unlikely that they would have ever met anybody in Philippi. And they loved them. And they sent their greetings. I hope we have heard this drumbeat, this theme. I wish like, your mom was here. She could tell me what the right musical word is. to The motif, probably the leap motif is probably the right way to say that of the book of Philippians, this undercurrent of unity, of unity, of unity, of unity. And we see the unity of the body of Christ here when these folks in Caesar's household who have not met the Philippians send their greetings. And not just send their greetings, especially those who belong to Caesar's household. There's like an underline here, their, their specific greetings that they are sending. Like how encouraging would that have been to hear for the Philippians who lived in little Rome that somebody who is under the nose of the emperor himself in his house says, Jesus is Lord, and we greet you as brothers and sisters. Like that's going to be encouraging. <laughs> that's going to be encouraging. Because if there were ever two cities who could relate to each other, it would be Rome and Philippi, Right? these cultural backgrounds of these cities. So what do we do with this application that saints can be found in unexpected places and the gospel overcomes political boundaries? Rejoice! Rejoice! And greet one another. Rejoice and greet one another. And then we get to verse 23. And he ends like he began. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, because he is our source of grace, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, be with or accompany, be amid your spirit. So an application here for page 140. Christians, bookend. I've got bookshelves on my mind right now. We're about to have some installed, Lord willing, in a few weeks. So. Christians bookend our communications in grace. How much Jesus can we put into our communications? How much grace can we put into our communications? How Jesus-y can we sound? How gracious can we sound? Is there another opportunity to talk about things that are gospel-related? So my personalization here is speak of and send grace graciously. Speak of and send grace graciously. Because Christians bookend our communications in grace. And I'm going to argue that verse 23 is another example of Paul assuming that Euodia and Syntyche are going to obey what he tells them to do. 
Because in verse 2 he says, I urge Yodia and I urge Syntyche to agree in the Lord. Because they don't agree right now, right? Because if he's telling them to, to agree, there's something that they're not agreeing about. Yes, I also ask you, true partner, to help these women who have contended for the gospel at my side, along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. Do you remember how we leaned into that idea that it would make sense to immediately rejoice if they are now reconciled? And I've always wondered if the first time whoever read the letter of the Philippians to the Philippians paused after the I urge Yodia and Syntyche to agree in the Lord. It would have been a great Selah moment to stop and to pause and to go like, you know what? Maybe we need to go restore and reconcile some relationships before we bring our gifts. Maybe we need to make sure this is what we need to be doing. Because Paul lands the Philippian plane, be with your, which is plural, spirit, which is singular. And outside the unity of, that is found in the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, that makes no grammatical or theological sense. But inside the gospel unity of our Lord Jesus Christ, we see this and we go, yeah, we can have a group of people who have a singular spirit. And that's beautiful. That is beautiful. So when somebody asks me, what is the letter to the Philippians about? Um, I have a couple of, probably five or six months ago, I stopped saying it's about rejoicing and joy. And I started saying it's about unity and the joy that's found in the gospel when we are unified. Because it creates a space, it creates a community that can thrive and exist and rejoice and celebrate the goodness and the trueness of the gospel no matter where. If you're in little Rome, if you're in big Rome, if you're in the emperor's house we can celebrate the unity that's found in the gospel so my last application is this christians can have a unified spirit as crazy and ridiculous and impossible as that sounds christians can have a unified spirit and then two personalizations here a 1a and a 1b my 1A personalization is be unified in the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Be unified in the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. I heard somebody say a few months ago, Jesus only died on one hill. Why do we want to die on so many? That one stung. <laughs> Because the gospel can unify, and our Lord Jesus Christ is worth it. So let's be unified in the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And personalization 1B, rejoice. Because Christians can have a unified spirit. It can happen, and I do not mean it can happen at some future point when we all have glorified bodies. I mean it can happen right now. It can actually happen. This is what the gospel can do. This is what the working of the spirit and the lives of believers can do. What an amazing gospel. It's absolutely incredible. It takes a, the, what I would argue is the goofiest group of believers that God has ever assembled. Lydia, this 
rich lady who dealt with purple clothes, the Philippian jailer who was likely a retired Roman soldier who finds Jesus during retirement, and the slave girl who was demonically possessed, who had the demon thrown out of her. Those are the three people that we know for sure were in the Philippian church. You put those three people together. Like, what do they have in common? This makes no logical sense, and I love how completely illogical the gospel is. It is a beautiful, beautiful gospel. So, next week, Lord willing, we will do a review of Philippians, and you will want to bring two things with you. You will want to bring Philippians part two, and you will also probably want to bring Philippians part one. So if you've thrown it away, please don't tell me and make my heart hurt, okay? Just keep that blessing to yourself. (laughs) Um, But if you can find them, bring them both, and what we're going to do is we're just going to rejoice and praise the Lord and celebrate Jesus Christ and the beauty of the unity of the gospel by going back and revisiting some things that we've learned. And then the following week, Lord willing... We will start, y'all ready? Colossians. Now, y'all are going to have to tell me what color this is, because I have no idea what color this is. Teal. All right, so I was close. I was close. That's what I guessed. That was my, I'm a Roy G. Biv kind of guy. So if it's not one of those, then I I don't really know. But but this is our our next book. So I'm going to hand these out now. We've got just a couple of minutes, so I'm going I'm to hand them out. They're not available online yet. They'll be available online this afternoon because I didn't want the secret to get out. This is our big reveal. She had like a, a cannon with T-shirts. or I don't know. This is getting much too much. But, um, but I've got quite a few back here. And I've made some improvements, I think. I think, I think, I think. Uh, so you guys will have to tell me if you think I've made improvements. Uh, two... Four. You gonna help me out there, babe? Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. There we go. Got it? Cool. Alright, so I want to show you the improvements. So if you, now the, the intro stuff is all the same, right? I, I will draw your attention to page 7 and 8. So page 7 and 8, these are updated resources for Colossians. So these are the books that I've gotten that I've started to flip through. Uh, but take a look, if you will, at page 27. Page 27. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't give you one. <laughs> Do you see the little star in the margin? That's where the next verse begins. Do you see the header at the top that says Colossians 1.4 and the page before it, it says Colossians 1.3? I'm hopeful that that's going to make navigation of the actual book a smidge easier because I struggle finding the, where the verse starts and where the, the next... And, okay, good. Okay. I agree. 
I agree. It, it, it made all kinds of sense in my head, and then I printed a ton of them, and I was very sad uh, because it just didn't work at all. <laughs> and then I had already done part one like that, and I was not doing part two different. So there we go. Uh, all right, so I'm, I'm going to show you. Uh, I think that's the... There's gobs of other tiny little things that you won't notice, but like the Word document works better now. Uh, but all of those headers are driven programmatically. Like, I didn't type those in. I am, I was quite happy when I found that functionality. So, uh, but this is Colossians, so I, but specifically, I want to draw your attention to uh, pages 7 and 8. And I want to ask the question today, because if you say yes, this is going to change my behavior in the next week, because I'll need to go through a couple of steps of, of ordering some things. But m many years ago, what I would do when we started a new book of the Bible is I would buy a commentary and buy a lot of commentaries, like a lot of different commentaries. And every member got a comment. You got to pick which one you wanted. It's fine. But the deal was, if you got one, you had to send me a quote or a thought or something that that commentary either explicitly stated or sparked as you studied that book of the Bible, and we went through. We did this for Romans. We did this for a couple of different books. And what I found was that it was incredibly helpful for keeping people a little more engaged than we typically are. So if that's something you're interested in, let me know. So this would be, I would purchase one of the books, maybe on this list, maybe not on this list, uh, and give it to you, and then you would be responsible for reading the two, three, four, five pages of commentary that week that accompany whatever biblical text is coming up next. So if you're interested in that, let me know, and we'll walk down that path. If you're not, what I don't want to do is go buy a bunch of commentaries and, like, nobody use them. So that's not cool. I like the book industry. I don't like it that much. So. And I have no idea how many times I'm going to call this the green book, but it will happen, and please forgive me. So there's that. All righty, so that's, uh, that's the plan, Lord willing, where we're headed, uh, and I'll have the digital copy up online hopefully later this afternoon, and with that, let's go into our prayer time, so uh, if you would, lean in, engage, pray as a table. When you're finished, you're free to go and to worship this one who enables unity, which I just think is amazing. It's absolutely amazing. So, thanks for coming today, guys. Thanks for engaging. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast, YouTube channel, and weekly email. You can subscribe to all three of those at OurSundaySchool.com. Grace and peace to you.